Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool. I haven't been ducking because Liverpool have been losing. Uh, unfortunately, you know, sometimes life gets in the way and and, and uh, I was not able to record an episode for the Watford game. To be fair, I'm not sure what I would say if I was to uh, do a review on the Watford game. We were absolutely abysmal. Uh, nothing, nothing worked and uh, everything seemed to just go against us in that game. But I'm back. Hope you guys didn't uh, miss that episode too much, but... Uh, we got back into winning ways. Uh, haven't when was I can't remember the last time I said that. But um, yeah, after a couple of defeats, uh, Watford in the Premier League and then Chelsea in the FA Cup, uh, we really needed um, to get back into the groove of winning with the uh, upcoming knockout game against Atletico Madrid coming up. But also just to get our season and get over the line in terms of the Premier League. It looks like it looks like maybe if we follow the Watford game, um, we've just been stumbling a little bit. Um, in the last couple of games. So it was really important for us to make sure that we, you know, we, we attack the game with the right intensity um, and to make sure that we didn't, you know, have any complacency in our game. Uh, Bournemouth are again, you know, like uh, like Watford, like Norwich, like West Ham, the teams we played in the last couple of weeks are in that relegation battle, you know, and they have a lot to play for. So we weren't, you know, we couldn't expect them to just roll over. They're fighting for something. We're fighting for something. Um, so it was important that we we kind of had the right intensity and had the right mindset going into the game. And even before the game started, um, you kind of saw the maybe difference in attitude that we maybe haven't seen in the last couple of games. So uh, BT Sport here in the UK had a great little piece. I don't know whether he was mic'd up or not, but uh, James Milner before the game was very clear in the warm-up, kind of being to the players, you know, about ensuring that they have the right mentality, uh, making sure that the team are going to press, uh, and just kind of getting us thinking in the right mental state going into the game, not taking anything for granted uh, against Bournemouth, you know, even though we have beaten them. I think there's a, some record in the last, like, five games. Our, our aggregate score is, like, 17-0 against them, but not taking any of that for granted uh, and just making sure that we, do, we put in a professional performance and we do win the game. Um, and actually, that's something that maybe we've been lacking over the past couple of past couple of games since Henderson's been out. Maybe we've missed that that kind of real leader on the pitch. Even though we have someone like Virgil Van Dijk who can play that role and who has been captaining the side, someone like Milner with his experience, obviously, of winning the Premier League um, and just his respect that the players have for him, I think really helped. And that kind of really set the tone at the beginning of the game really well. And I think that was something that. Um, yeah, it was really, really great to see, and I'm sure Klopp's really pleased with. But as a fan, seeing that as well, that's something that you that you know just gets you really gassed up, and even as a fan, gets you really excited. You know, come on, like you want to support, but support the team, get behind the team. So that was really, really good to see. And then the other guy, strange thing that we saw before the game, obviously because of the coronavirus stuff, uh, there was no handshake, so they have this awkward kind of walk past each other, which was very interesting. Um, but uh, enough, enough pre-game stuff. We're going to jump straight into the game, and the game started exactly how. I guess you would expect it to start for a Liverpool home game against a team in the relegation zone. Uh, we had a lot of the ball. Bournemouth were putting t 11 men behind the ball. Uh, we were pushing up really high. Like, the, our, our centre-backs were playing almost in their half. And I know we tried that high line, but we definitely did get caught out. And I think we were playing a little bit too high line. Particularly when the defend our defenders are going to be in the opposition half. Which means any run in behind is always going to be onside. Because the, the player, the forward is running from, from their half. I'm not sure that was the cleverest thing. Um, and obviously, I know Klopp wanted the team to push forward. Um, particularly against teams that sit 11 men behind the ball. We really need to get on top of them, I think. To to um to put pressure on them and I think that's what Klopp was trying to aim for but I think we just did it a bit overkill and the, the center backs were pushed up a little too high um which was which showed right um when Bournemouth scored uh although it was 
And definitely a foul on Joe Gomez, and I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. But it was actually really, really good play by Bournemouth. You know, take out the push. It was a great ball into, into Billing. Uh, he then played a nice little reverse ball into Jefferson Lama, who squared the ball back into Callum Wilson, who uh, slotted the ball away. And obviously the Liverpool fans and the Liverpool players and everyone kind of just turned to the referee, kind of being like, what, what, like, how was that not a, not a foul on Joe Gomez? But obviously it went to VAR as all goals do. And the thing that baffled me most about it was how, obviously they have this thing around clear and obvious, right? But how, what justification has the VAR referee, who I think was Michael Oliver, what, what justification does he have that the push on Joe Gomez was not clear and obvious. It's incredibly clear to see that once he, once uh, Callum Wilson gets his elbow in the back of Joe Gomez, that Joe Gomez takes four or five steps involuntarily away from the ball. If he was in control and that wasn't a foul, why would Joe Gomez do that? And it's in his back as well. It's not even side to side. Callum Wilson is very clearly behind him. And I think there's two things here. I think one, I think the referee, Paul Tierney, absolutely bottled it in the game. I think he was kind of like, well, I think it may be a foul, but I'm going to let v- I'm going to leave the decision to VAR rather than taking a decision himself, which I think is um, we've seen many times this season and is a big problem with how referees are using VAR. And then also from the VAR referee back in Stockley Park, like what what part of that wasn't clear and obvious? And this is where I've talked about this in previous episodes where. We need to hear the communication between the VAR referee and the ver- and the referee in the ground. Like they need, to, if if they have this justification, then they need to be super transparent with everyone, with the fans, with the players, as to what their decision making process is. They can't just make a decision in isolation and not not have to justify it. That is ridiculous because the referees have to justify it on the pitch when the players question them. So why why is why is it that the VAR referee is not questioned on their decisions just purely as an auditing purpose, right? to make sure that there isn't anything dodgy going on in the background, you know, just to make sure that the referee has gone, you know what, even if the referee um, make, ends up making the wrong decision, but, you know, they're very clear in the thought in their, in their, in their um, communication process that says, um, you know, this is the reason why he puts his arm on the back, but I don't think it's excessive force. At least that's audited, right? And, and, and it's very transparent to see. But without going into a whole thing on VAR, it was definitely a foul. Uh, and I can't believe that the referees didn't give that. But, Based on how fragile our confidence has been over the past couple of weeks, that could have really knocked the team. Um, But fortunately for us, we were at home. Klopp got the crowd G'd up. And it seemed to be that kind of spark that really uh, rejuvenated us and gave us that kind of that momentum and push um, to really go on and, and kind of get that get that equalizer and then try and go ahead. And we did get the equalizer about 15 minutes later. Um, and a lot of the pressure that Milner was talking about at the beginning of the game uh, showed exact was pretty much exactly what happened in the first goal, where Simpson, who'd just come on, tried to overplay the ball at the back, gave the ball away to Mane, and Mane played an absolutely suicidal pass across the box to Salah. If you if you haven't watched the highlights, please do check them out. The ball was ridiculous. <laughs> we were lucky. We were very very lucky that. Um, Mo Salah was able to kind of put the brakes on, stop, get the ball, and then able to get the ball in at the near post past Aaron Ramsdale. But that was exactly what we needed. And from that first goal, we we kind of continued on, and that momentum was definitely with us. Um, And Virgil van Dijk able to intercept the ball on the halfway line, showing a bit of the benefit of them playing so far, um, of the centre-backs playing so far up the field, slotting the ball into Mane. He was able to then beautifully place the ball past Aaron Ramsdale. And it's been a while since we've seen that Mane celebration at Anfield, but it was really, really good to see. So in the second half, I guess, maybe our confidence and and, and our nervousness to get the win showed a bit. We didn't really kill the game off at all. Uh, We actually probably looked more likely 
uh, to concede than score in the second half, which was showed just a bit of um, bit of our our fragility and and as I said, a bit of the nervousness. Uh, and actually, Bournemouth were the ones closest to scoring. Uh, even though I guess Mane hit the crossbar, but that was kind of a pot shot. But um, Ryan Fraser had uh, kind of a one-on-one chance against Adrian, chipped him, and Milner running back um, was able to clear the ball off the line, a fantastic clearance, and one that was very much needed. I think had it gone to all, uh, it would have got very squeaky bum. But uh, that was just a huge, a huge, huge um, moment in the game. And a huge one for James Milner. And I think when you when you look at his performance across the game, you know, before the game um, and that clearance in, in particular, he fully deserves his man of the match appearance uh, for this game against Bournemouth, 100%. And I actually think his performance in this game may have earned him a starting spot against Atletico. Now, I don't think it will be at left back because Andy Robertson, who was out for this game, who I think was just being rested. I don't think there's any injury. Um, He will be back against Atletico, but I think Robertson will go in at left back. But I actually think James Milner may start now ahead of someone like Gini Wijnaldum in the Atletico game just because of that presence on the pitch um, and his kind of, you know, just willingness to motivate the other players. Obviously, Henderson might be coming back as well, which would be a huge win. Um, for us, um, I think he's you know he's been hugely missed in these last couple of games. But as we always do in, in these episodes, we do a shout out to Klopp, and the shout out to Klopp uh, from this game is something I observed was because we were pushing up so much, a lot of the balls into the forwards and into the midfielders were being played by Van Dijk and Gomez. Now, although that is good and it means they're pushing up, I think Fabinho can do a lot more to make himself available. Like he kind of just floats around and and. Henderson is probably a little better than Fabinho at this, but Henderson really, he kind of like demands the ball off the centre-backs and he wants to be the quarterback that's playing the passes. And I think Fabinho um, isn't really doing that or wasn't really doing that in the um, Bournemouth game. Like I want him to command the ball off the centre-backs. He is a better playmaker than Van Dijk and Gomez. And so I want him getting into that position in front of the centre-backs, five to 10 yards in front of them, picking that ball up in the middle of the park and then him being the one to spray the ball to the likes of Wijnaldum. Oxlade-Chamberlain and the front three. I think Fabinho just went a bit missing when we had a lot of the ball, um, but we kind of didn't really know what to do and we were just playing side to side. That's where I want to see Fabinho um, kind of just step up a bit, take control, take the ball, take the ball from the centre-backs. I think that's kind of maybe not in his personality maybe, uh, but it's something that I think we were definitely missing uh, and something that Jordan Henderson brings to that set to that CDM position that Fabinho doesn't bring. Fabinho has many qualities, don't get me wrong, but I think that's one that's one area where um, Henderson is a little better in that position. But Henderson may come back into the team. I think Klopp said he's going to f- resume full training on Sunday. So that'll be interesting to see whether he makes the start. I think he probably will make the start against uh, Atletico Madrid um, just based on his importance to the team uh, and that kind of motivational um, Ging up aspect that he has. But obviously onwards and upwards, the next game for us is against Atletico. We're 1-0 down. They're coming to Anfield. The crowd will be up for it. It's going to be a very, very close game. Um, I anticipate kind of a similar approach that we've faced in the last couple of games where they're going to put 10, 11 men behind the ball and it's going to be our job to break them down. So we're going to have to get high and wide. They're going to have to move the ball quickly. Um, So hopefully these last couple of games where we've been playing teams that have played like that against us um, has, will be good practice for us, but we'll have to be really, really careful, particularly on the break. Um, uh, they will, we, we, you know, we, we've shown in the last couple of games that we can't necessarily handle uh, the breakaway, uh, and I'm so I'm sure Diego Simeone will have been looking at that and uh, will be planning a planning a 
a plan of attack that will exploit that uh, for for Atletico. But for us next in the Premier League, it's Everton uh, away uh, on the Monday night football. And that's going to be a a very, very interesting game. Obviously, um, Everton under Carlo Ancelotti have had a bit of a renaissance almost. um, And they've been very, very good over the past couple of games. They've got some decent results. um, And he's really looked like he's coming and and really changed that team for the better. So... uh, Bar their FA Cup defeat to us. Um, I think he's had a really, really good start to his uh, Everton career. And he's got players like Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison playing really, really well. So that's, I have no doubt, going to be a very tough game for us. Um, and it's going to be a uh, much tougher Merseyside derby than the uh, one uh, earlier this season. But should we, win against that, should we win against Atletico, I'm sure that will put us in a great position for that game. Um, but as I said, I- I'm under no impression that that will be a tough, tough game um, but yeah, hope you guys enjoy this episode. We are back to normal now, um, back to winning ways as well in the Premier League. So everything is rosy for the moment, just three wins left. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure you're subscribed if you're not already, and I'll catch you on the next episode.